Welcome to The Link Church. We pray this week's message inspires you to have a meaningful relationship with Jesus. So you're ready? Um, just about everyone on team, be, be patient with them. Every single person on team has had everything changed on them as of like about three minutes ago. I, 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 I think it's only one time I've ever had to do this uh, where I've just changed a message. Uh, the one time was in a, a youth service. Uh, God told me to do something. I said no. Uh, I reminded him that I, he, I have been prepping all week, right? And so, and so at any point, you could have jumped in. And so now's not the time. And I'll never forget it. I'll never forget it. I jumped up. I said no. Uh, God was to do it my way. And so I jumped up. And when I went, I actually, I could not, I could not speak. I could not speak. I, um, my mouth was shut, which is the first time that's ever happened to me. Sorry, I'm... I got everyone just waving me down. I'm on. And um, I lo- I've learned over the years that if, if, if you are going to preach the Word of God, you're going to do it His way. And it's a little bit messy. Uh, I had prepared a really cool sermon. So for another day, perhaps. Um, I'm just going to go. Here, here's, here's where we're going to guy, uh, we were walking on the foreshore recently, and just walking and praying, and, and I walked through, and I was just speaking to God and saying, what is it that stops people from serving you? What is it in this city? What's in the way? What's causing drama? What's, what do I need to pray about? How do I need to pray about it? What is causing people to not want to serve you? And, and I was just walking and praying. Mama Amelia encourages us to walk and to pray and to find out what God wants to do in a city. And then you pray effectively. Then you can pray about something. Otherwise, it's just everywhere. Amen. And so I was walking and I felt the Lord remind me of Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. To, uh, good, not evil, to give you a future and a hope. Amen. And, and in that moment, I was like, that's right. Exactly right. If that's true, what's the issue? What is the issue? If you've got great plans for people, if you've got a future for them, if you've got something amazing for their life, if you've got something that they can accomplish, why on earth would somebody say no? Why? What is the reason? And I felt the Lord show me this. For too long, people have been saying certain things and they believe what they've heard more than they believe the Word of God. And when that happens, you start to live in bondage. And God wants to break this thing loose. He wants to smash things open. Amen? And so we're going to be talking over the next few weeks uh, about the power of words. I Yeah, like I said, the, it's, it's all there. It was brilliantly done, really, if I'm honest. And, um, but I really feel like the Lord wants me to share this. I'm going to try and unpack it as we go. Um, Jesus, this is in Mark 5. So they arrived at the other side of the lake. It's been a long night. They arrive at the other side of the lake in the region of the Gadarenes. And when Jesus climbed out the boat, a man possessed by evil spirit came out from the tomb to meet him. Somebody who's filled with demons comes running to meet Jesus. This man lived in the burial caves and could no longer be restrained, even uh, with a chain. Whenever he was put in chains and shackles, he would often, um, as he often was, he snapped the chains from his wrist, smashed the shackles. 
no one was strong enough to subdue him. Day and night, he wandered among the burial graves in the hills, howling and cutting himself with sharp stones. Hey, we live in a day and age where there is so much pain, where people are wandering around, and he says he's howling. Some would say he was crying out. Nobody wants to be in pain. Nobody loves this pain. The, the struggle you're in is real for you. And, and, and you, you're looking for an outlet. That's why, that's why people who cut themselves and go through these things, it's not because they look in the mirror and go, oh my gosh, I'm beautiful, how do I destroy this? They don't. They're looking for an outlet, something to get rid of it. There is a pain that is so deep, and, and we condemn quicker than we just hold and hug and help them and walk this road. And we have to understand that people are bound, and he would have been walking around dead people, dead places, a place that is barren, a place that is deserted. I don't know whether you've ever been to a cemetery at night. Uh, I, I have done it a couple of times as a kid when you were stupid and you would take up like a dead, let's go through the cemetery. Remember that? And everyone was like, yeah, everyone was scared and you couldn't bail out. Do you remember those days? And you did it. And it's scary. This guy's there. He's there and he's cutting himself and he's crying out. When Jesus was still some distance away, the man saw him, ran to meet him, bowed low before him. With a shriek, he screamed, Why are you interfering with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High? So we've got a, a, a guy who sees Jesus, who is in so much pain, and he sees Jesus a long way off. Because sometimes in your pain, you can see him. You know, it just feels like he's a long way off. It feels like he's far away. But he's not far away. And this guy goes running. And as he gets close to Jesus, he screams a shriek. That, that's like from the bottom, the pit of his stomach. You want to hear a genuine shriek? You want to get around Chloe M's middle one? When she screams, planet Earth starts shaking, right? Like my hearing is different because of that child. Like she's damaged things. And so there's the shriek. And he says, why are you here? Are you, you, what are you doing? What have you come to interfere with? The enemy wants to interfere with everyone and doesn't want Jesus to interfere. He wants to take hold of a region and an area. He wants to possess things. He likes it. And he hates the fact that Jesus would interfere with this. This is my area, my man, my zone. I've got everybody trembling. I've got a dude who will break chains, who will snap free from things. What is it that you want? Why are you here? So you've got a man running to Jesus and you've got the demonic pushing back. And sometimes we think we're going crazy because we're running toward Jesus, but we're, there's something in us that's also resisting it because we don't want him to interfere with our lives. And the truth of the matter is God is going to interfere and he is going to deliver and he is going to set free and he's unafraid of what you're going through and he doesn't care how strong you think you are or how much you're screaming. He wants to deliver people in the city. He wants to set people free and we've got so trapped in four walls that we cannot see it anymore. 
We now have deliverance meetings. Have you noticed that? I don't, we've got deliverance meetings. Have you seen how those work? Like, this is an evening where people come and now we can pray and now we can heal them because the anointing of God is now on the worship team and now the teams are set up and now there's a tent outside and God is looking in and going, I'm not interested in the way you think it works. I'm gonna do it when I want, wherever I want and I know I'm gonna do anything about it. Come on, somebody. Oh, we're not even in yet. I'm just going to jump. Jesus says to him, come out of that man, you evil spirit. I want to, I want to remind you that um, we're in the book of Mark. Same Jesus lives on the inside of you. The same Jesus. This is not some old, outdated thing. The same God who healed then is the same God who wants to heal right now. And Jesus replied, what's your name? And he replied, my name is Legion because there's many of us inside this man. There is so many issues on the inside of people. So many demons, so many things that they are fighting. So many things. And what happens is we come to God and we give him some. And he says, I'm not here. What's your name? Group it. Hurry up. Make sure that you get the whole thing in one word because we're not going to be doing this for a long time. Get it out. Spit it out because it's all coming. Why? He's got a plan for this guy. There's many of us inside this man. And when the evil spirit begged him again, do not send me into some distant place. There's a large herd of pigs feeding in the hill nearby. Send us into those pigs. The spirit begged, let us enter them. And Jesus gave permission. A lot of people get stuck in scripture here. Jesus was listening to demons. Hang on, read. Jesus gave permission, the evil spirits came out of the man, entered the pigs, and the, pig, the herd of pigs, 2,000 of them, plunged down a steep hillside into a lake and drowned. I don't know if you've noticed this about pigs, they fat, right? Fat floats, you'll notice some of you, as you're putting on a little bit of weight, when you're floating in the pool, it's easier now than it was when you were 12, right? Because you've just got a little bit of extra love hanging around, right? All that chocolates help you float. Fat floats, fun fact, fat floats, which means the pig had to swim down. I paid to be there. To see a pig do anything energetically is interesting. To swim down, to put its head underwater and take four deep breaths, like just, and it's over. Right? People go, oh my gosh, this is where people get stuck in scripture. How, could, how is it that Jesus would listen and obey the demonic? What region are we in? You can read, what region are we in? Why are there pigs in the first place? I thought they were forbidden to eat pork. What are the pigs doing in the first place? There shouldn't be any, but there is. So he's not doing anything wrong. He's just getting rid of the issue. But we get stuck. Well, you know, God listens to demons, man. Don't worry about it. He knows what he's doing. Amen? The herdsmen fled to a nearby town and surrounded the countryside, spreading the news as they ran. People rushed out to see what would happen. I'm telling you, when, when deliverance comes, uh, whether you believe Jesus or not, people are going to come running to find out what went on. They come running, amen? A, cr- a crowd soon gathered around Jesus. They saw the man who had been possessed by a legion of demons. They were sitting there fully, he was sitting there fully clothed and perfectly sane. And they were all afraid. So you're afraid when he's in trouble because he's got supernatural strength. 
Now he's free and you're afraid. It says sitting at the feet of Jesus. And he's sane. Have you noticed how sometimes you're going through something and you feel like you're going crazy? How could I be fighting? How could I be struggling with this thing? When I, when I, when I, even as Christians, I, I know Jesus. How am I struggling? Where are you? We go through this. Our minds are racing. We're not sleeping. We're not eating. We're not drinking enough water. We feel like we're losing our mind. Something's not right. And, and, and we find when we come to Jesus and we lay it all down, we find that we are in sound mind. He didn't give you a spirit of fear, of power and love and of sound mind. There is a replacement that happens. There is beauty for ashes. There is something that is transferred, something that you get. When you're willing to lay it down at the feet of Jesus, you're going to find yourself fully covered, not exposed. This guy would have been exposed and naked and cut and dirty. These guys, he would not have been having his evening shower. He'd have smelled something horrific. You hang around dead things, eventually you look like that thing. It's true. You want to find out what somebody looks like? Just check their friendship circle. Just have a look. If you behave like a Muppet, 100%, I guarantee you, all your friends are Muppets. All of them. Every one of them. It's true. My mother called me a loser. She said, Andrew, you're a loser. I said, your son, I don't think you can say that. She said, it's simple. I can see your friend. All of them are. You are too. You are what you hang with. It's true. Then those that had seen what had happened told the others about the demon-possessed man and the pigs and the crowd began pleading with Jesus to go away and leave them alone. Hold on. So you've got a dude who is terrorizing the city, breaking free from the chain. So you have tried to lock him down. You've tried to do the right thing, lock him down. If he's going to behave like an animal, let's lock him down, chain him to something. And then he keeps breaking it and he's terrorizing everyone. And he's looking through their windows at night. And you watch a scary movie and he's the dude reaching out from under your bed and he's grabbing onto your ankle and, and everything's going crazy. Now he's okay. And you're like, no, I don't think this whole Jesus thing's a great idea. I think you need to move on from wherever you came, go. Why? Why? Why is it such a problem? Because he doesn't like, they don't like that he disrupted the thing that they were doing. And what they were doing was wrong. They're farming something they shouldn't be farming. They're living a certain way. They're pushing people away that are, that are not like them. Have you noticed how we do that? We, we just, if it doesn't suit us, if it doesn't look right, if it doesn't feel right, if they're not quite, they don't think like me, they don't act like me, that we just start pushing people away. Now, this person, I'm, I'm comfortable helping somebody who is awesome. They give their life to Jesus and they just seem like they've got it all together. But where is the church when everything comes together and the person gives their life to the Lord and their life is messy and it's difficult and they're bound by drugs and there's alcohol and they've got pornography problems and they walk in here and they've been smoking something on the way. Where is the church then? When I gave my life to the Lord, everyone went, oh, the Spirit of God, God bless him. Spirit of God all over that man. I, I know they were praying, oh, he's wonderful. Look at him in the presence of God, just standing there, just standing there swaying, you know, in the presence of, oh, oh, Jesus. 
the Spirit of God all over Andrew. Lord, bless him. Bless him. I was so drunk, I thought I was going to be sick. When is this worship going to end? What is taking so long? What do you mean you looping through this thing? We've read that line. We've read it eight times. Come, let's go. Let's go. I'm going, Babe, I'm going to be sick. So, uh, you know, I'm feeling so ill. And people are just going, oh, the Spirit of God on that man. There's no spirit of God. There was other spirits. Brandy, I think it was. I had such a hangover. I couldn't believe, what are we? That's why I do church in the evening. I couldn't understand why would we meet in the mornings, right? I'm still stuck there. No, I'm joking. But, like, think about it. We, we just don't, we don't make room for the, church is messy. Church is messy. People say, man, well, I've got this person in church and they won't stop harassing me. I had a person in church who wouldn't stop harassing me either. It was you. Yeah, but that was different because I was struggling. They're struggling too. Church is not perfect. It is, it is messy. You can put your church face on all you like. Walk in here, praise God. <laughs> Lord's just so with me. I know you. I can see you're like me. It's just not quite what we think it is, eh? Am I right? Yeah. Begging Jesus to go. Yeah, we'll push Jesus away if we don't want to give up the thing that matters most. I don't want Jesus because what I've got, I like. Hey, can I say this to you? Some of you are holding on to something that Jesus wants to remove. And you think that it's better than what he's got. And until you release that, you keep it. You keep it. Keep your pride, keep your problem. Until you can get before the Lord and say, hey, this is the area I'm struggling, and I am struggling. I can't break free. You will never, ever, 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 ever experience the fullness of God. But you can surrender it to God and be battling through it and experience the fullness of God. But you're going to have to release it to Him. There are some things that you created in your life, you've done it for so long, that you're going to fight it forever. You may fight it for the rest of your life. And you think, man, that's so unfair. My neighbor just told me, the guy sitting next to me, the girl sitting two up from me, she told me like she had the same problem. Bam, God just healed her. How's that fair? How is it fair? Why can't he heal me? Or maybe God is testing something in you, same way he did Paul. I got this thing, oh, you got to take it. Three times. And the Lord says to him, my grace is sufficient. My grace is sufficient. There is a finished works at the cross which is sufficient to help you get through the very thing you're fighting. But you're going to have to rely on him, not take it back, not take it back every time it suits you. You're going to have to hand it over and hand it over and hand it over. It's like forgiveness. Have you ever forgiven somebody? You're like, God, I'm letting this thing go. No sooner are you in the car, bam, I'm triggered. You're like, I hate them. I want to kill them all, right? And you're like, you come back to church, you're like, I thought I'd forgiven them. And I just, Lord, take this thing from me. And you get to work and somebody says something, you're triggered. And you're like, I hate them in Jesus' name, kill them. No, it's a process. It's a process. 
You have to release and release and release and release, and it's not easy. You want easy hit mackers. Being a Christian is not easy. It's not about how easy it's going to be. It's about we are in the army of God. We are fighting in a spiritual war, and the church needs to rise up and realize that four walls can no longer contain us when we have thousands and thousands and thousands of people like this man who are so bound and so hurt and so lost and so far from God, and we have to get up and we have to get out there and we have to help people. We have to help them and it's going to be messy and it's going to be painful and it's going to cost you a packet of money. It's going to cost you everything. Everything. I have tried that many times, walked in and said, hey, can I have an almond flat white? I'm a pastor. They've gone, good morning, pastor. That's $4.90. There's just no free. There's no free. I've tried everything. I've tried everything. But I'm, but I'm like an anointed pastor. Fantastic. Could you anoint that while that money needs to come our way? I, we're, we're, there's no free in the, in the kingdom of God. It's going to cost us everything. That is what everything is. Everything. Everything. Stick with me. We'll land somehow. As Jesus was getting into the boat, because if you, if you push him away, he'll go. He's just not as dumb as you think. Hang on. Man had been demon-possessed, begged him to go with him. Come on. Like, I'll, you, you saved my life. Let me go with you. Let me go with you. There's somebody... That, that your friend led you to the Lord and suddenly you feel like they are God and you have to follow them. No, there is a journey and a path that you need to take. There is something that he wants to do in your life. And we don't, we don't want to because there's comfort in what we know. There is comfort in what we have. Now, sometimes when you get delivered and, and you, you have somebody pray with you, can I just encourage you, if I pray with you and your life changes, I'm still not Jesus. I'm just, I'm not. I'm not. I'm like you, but with a microphone, and I'm prepared to trade places if you just, you can come preach. I'm, I'm, serve, I'm just trying to serve the purpose of God the best way I know how, and this is how I do it. Other people, they set up cameras, and, and other people did computers and, and all the stuff that, I don't, I don't even know how any of it works, if I'm honest with you, and Kurt was moving, pressing, stepping, he's stepping on his equipment. I don't even know if that's allowed. I don't even know. Like, everyone does something. That's the power of the body of Christ. This place behind those curtains is a bird's nest, and, and I don't know. I actually don't actually, I don't think I could name anything. But we're all trying to do something to serve the people of God and the purpose of God. And, and, and when we do that, when something happens, we always attach to people, don't you? Attach to Jesus and the purpose that he has for you. Amen? And Jesus says to him, no, you can't follow me. All the religious people online are like zooming in now. Hold on, here we go. Here we go. This will be the last message he preaches. Go home to your family and tell them everything the Lord has done for you and how merciful he's been. That's the instruction. Go home, tell your family. Here's the man. That's how you know we're just like him because he doesn't listen. The man set off to visit the 10 towns 
Either his family is all like spread out everywhere, or there's something different of that region and began to proclaim the great things Jesus had done for him. And everyone was amazed at what he told them. Jesus got into the boat again, went back to the other side of the lake, where a large crowd gathered around him on the shore. He's not going to heal you so that you can just stay where you are. And once he's done something in your life, it doesn't matter how small the instruction is, there is something on the inside of you that will always want to go further. When I find people who don't want to do anything for God, I have a lot of questions. I have a lot of questions. Because when he changes your life, you realize, man, it's possible for me, for them too. For him, for her. We've never arrived. We've never got to the end of it. Until you breathe out your last breath, and even then I'd suggest, maybe shout it out one more time, Jesus says, if that's what you've got in you, if that's how people remember you, man, I nursed this lunatic to death and his last breath he screamed out, Jesus. If that's how you remembered, I think you actually made a difference with every breath inside of you giving him praise. There has to be something in you that looks around and says, surely there's more. Isn't there anything in you anymore that says, surely there's more. I cannot just stay where I am. I I have to do more. I want to do something for God. And not everything is going to be for everyone. But there's got to be this unified people of God who say, there are people who are hurt and Jesus can heal. He helped me, he can help them too. I'll find someone. I've got to do something. I've got to serve somewhere. I've got to make a difference in some area. You can't just go to work and work and go home. There has to be a part of your life that people find out, hey, there's something about this guy. There's something about that girl. Where is that fight? Where is that fire? There used to be a day where you didn't care, like some of the lunatics up front here this evening. They don't care whether you like their dance moves. They don't care. That's why you were behind them. If they cared, they would have faced you. They don't care. I don't like the way she jumps. She's not jumping for you. I don't like the way they sing. Move. We put heaps of chairs out. Find another spot. Don't sit next to that. I'm here for a reason. I'm here for a reason because Kurt, that's why he has those earplugs in. It's not for any other reason. He just doesn't want to hear me sing. There's no music. There's no instruction in there. Kurt knows what he's doing. That's why he's here. That's what he's saying to everyone. Lord, help him. I'm here. I don't care what somebody thinks. If I want to jump, I'm going to jump. If I want to raise my hands, I'm going to raise my hands. I'm not letting somebody else stop me from what God's got for me. And I know the struggle to get there. I do know. I do know. I remember the first time I raised my hands in church. It was something like this. I should never have done that. Everyone saw me. (laughs) Dumbest thing I've ever done in my life. What am I doing, man? Idiot. You've been there. Some of you have been there. I'll raise my hands. I've got a friend here. You've been there. You've invited, some of you, you're just like, oh my gosh, I love the Lord. Until your friend arrives in you. I love you, Lord. I do love you, just you need to help them. No, you're still bound by stuff. You're bound by what people think. Let go of what people think. 
some people will talk no matter what happens. They cannot find the good things God is doing at all. They cannot do it. Some people will just run their mouth. They're just going to say. I told somebody recently, if they're going to talk, give them something to talk about. But they're going to talk. People are going to say things. People have got something to say already. I know somebody who posted something online, having a long whinge and a rant, just a self-appointed prophet running them. They, what they need is a dummy and a rap. They need a hug. They need a nappy change. They need to dial it back and get on with what God has called them to do. Facebook is not your place. I'm sick of hearing people's rants on Facebook. It's lame. It's boring. What good was that? What have you achieved? So you're angry with someone and you put it on Facebook. Congratulations. And... Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Do what God called you to do. Stop whining on Facebook. Stop being a person who complains. Stop being that person. Get on with what God has called you to do. You don't see this guy sitting at home going, oh, well, you know, he healed me, but babe, I can only really tell you and the kids. No, I want to tell everybody what God has done in my life. I've got to get up. I've got to get out of here. I'm going to reach as many people as I can. And people were astonished. Your story is amazing. Your testimony is incredible. And it comes with it power. People's lives will be changed because of you, because of what God has done in your life. Everybody's going to come to know Jesus. Where is that fight and that fire? And so I'll finish with this because I know there's many people who will be sitting going, but Pastor, I'll tell you one thing. There's one thing I'll tell you. I am in a storm and a fight right now. Like a real fight. And when it's over though, <laughs> when, as soon as this one's over, man, I'll tell you the things I'm going to do for God. It's going to be good. It's going to be real good. Like when I'm through this tough time, ooh, when I'm out of this financial crisis, man, the money I am going to give to God, oh, blow your mind. What we do wrong, though, with the Word of God is that we, um, we read it in sections, and it's made real easy for us because they highlight fun parts, and we can just read it in sections, and that's it. Uh, that, that's really not how we're supposed to read the Word of God. But, you know, just before this, before Jesus arrived, he says to his disciples, uh, get the boat, we're going to the other side. And there is the storm that comes up. Some of you might know the story. The disciples are in the boat. They think they're drowning. Like the water is coming in, the wind is up, the, it's crazy. And Jesus has taken a sleeping pill, right? And he's sitting in the boat and he's out cold. And they scream like, we're, we're, we're drowning. And, he's like, and they wake him up. What, what are you doing? We're drowning. Let's go. We need all the help. Grab a bucket, bro. Let's go. Empty this boat. There is wind. And Jesus rebukes them. Bro, you woke me up. For what? A storm? You're bothering me for a storm? Imagine, apart from Andrew, Andrew had faith like Jesus. He was there. But the rest of those guys, they were all like, they were in trouble. And, they were, and the boat was rocking. And they're all looking and going, Bro, I understand like you've woken up and you're in a bad mood and all the rest, but just look around because you've always got something to say back to him. What did I tell you? I said, we're going to the other side. 
I can rest in that because I said, I'm going to the other side. I never said, Lord willing, that there's no wind or rain or storm. Hopefully we'll get there. He said, get the boat. We're going to the other side. Everyone else is worried because they see the problem. And Jesus is saying, when I say I'm going to the other side, I am going to the other side. And we think that it was just only to the other side of the river or the, or the lake or whatever it was. He's saying, I'm going to the other side. On the other side of what we know was the demonic, was the in pain, was the trouble, was the messy. I'm going to the other side. And when we read the Word of God, we are to take it and say, if God has changed my life, I'm also going to go to the other side. I'm going to go to those in pain, those that are struggling, those that are in difficult times. I'm going to go and reach them because if they don't hear the Word of God, deliverance will never, ever come to them as well. And along the way, I know your excuse. I'm going through a challenge. And Jesus said, I called you to great things. I said, go into the, all the world and make disciples of all nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I'm with you every step of the way. He says, yo, I'm with you. I'm with you. What excuse do we have to not go and win our world to Jesus? What is it? Kurt, you can join. What is it? What is your excuse? What is the thing that's too big for Jesus? What is the thing you're fighting? What is the struggle you're in? What is it that's stopping you? What is it? What is it? What is the excuse that tonight you need to put down? What is the battle you're in that you need to lay before him? What is the fight you're in that you just say, I'm so full of mess and so full of pain that I need to lay it down? What is that thing this evening that you need to let go of so that God can do something radical in not only your life, but the life of many, many, many other people? I'm not dismissing your pain or your struggle, your fight. I'm just not doing it. Because believe it or not, I am also fighting things. We are all fighting things. None of us have it together. All of us are a train wreck. Some of you are a train wreck and you're like, I've been a Christian for like 20 years. 20 years and you're still a train wreck. doesn't run on rails and it is hard being a Christian is the hardest thing I've ever done in my life the most fulfilling thing I've ever done with my life but the hardest thing I've ever had to do because I've had to let go of Andrew and sometimes Andrew comes back and reminds me I've got a better plan bro and it's difficult I was in a fight tonight I've finished my notes and I have been unsettled all afternoon and if you know me, I like just, I just like things in order. It's just not that difficult. I like rows to be straight. I just like things in place. It's not that difficult for me. I'm not like Shah. Shah's crazy. Shah read the Great Commission this way. Go. That's it. She didn't read on. She's like, go. Okay, done. She's so obedient. She just jumped at go. He's like, go into all the world. Done. I'm in. Let's go. And he's like, whoa, 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 I'm still talking. And she's like, no, no, talk to someone else. Talk to Andrew. I'm out. 
some, we're all different, but we're all fighting something. And Jesus is calling you to something bigger and something better and something higher. And, and I'll just say, it's not going to make sense. It doesn't make sense. I don't understand fully. But what I do know is that there is a world out there that is struggling. And until we step out of ourselves and do something about it, they will continue to struggle just like you did, just like I did. And it's not about filling a room. Because I hope you've just caught my heart. I'm going to find a way to empty the room. Because I want to see what happens if people say yes to Jesus. Shaw was talking, she's like, man, we did like mission trips. Ugh. You lost your mind. Some, maybe some people need to go on a missions trip. Maybe they need to get out there and get out of the four walls and the comforts of life and go and find out what is really happening in the world. I think you'll come back and praise a bit different. I think you'll come back, reach your workplace a bit different. I think if you got out of yourself for just a little while, I think something would change in your life. And it's time that as the body of Christ, it's time we just step up and say, no, I know what happened in the past, but I'm going to lay it down. I'm going to give my life to Jesus afresh. I'm going to get involved in people's lives. I'm going to start to serve. I'm going to begin to give. I'm going to start to change. I'm going to start to grow. I'm going to let go of things. And I'm not doing it only for me. I'm going to start to do it for everyone other than me. And when that happens, I'm telling you now, revival has begun. Amen. Thanks for being with us. We hope this message leaves you stirred to a place of action. If you made a decision to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, need more resources, or want to take your next step, linkthechurch.org has everything you need. Until next time, from everyone at The Link Church, God bless.